0: Drillers. 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 Drillers 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 Every day Every day Every day Drillers Drillers Step into the cage We're gonna lay it down Yeah Persistence is the key We're gonna run this town Of course It's all about the battle The strength within the saddle with an Six O. Today's podcast is sit down with the big fella Kevin Mond. If you're a four eight six O. and don't know who Kevy is, you've been living under a fucking rock. We talk of all the subjects from growing up in Innisfail all the way to his mob and the steps needed for reconciliation. I think the main word in this podcast is education. He opened up my eyes, so be prepared to get a lesson in the big school of Kev. He's one of my closest friends, about to be one of yours. Put your cheeks together for Kevy Mond. So we'll be held against you in the court of law oh no oh the shit started already um you only have a beer on this podcast so we we'll clings our beers clings our beers in the presence of some fucking world champions you feel yourself <laughs> <laughs> yeah so what's your link to 4860 <laughs> it it's like a big fat doobie <laughs> all right we've got kevy mondia today how you going big kev yeah good mate how are you fantabulous no, if you don't really, as only me and Kevin know this, but I fucked up and um, the computer fucked up a bit. So, yeah, after about half an hour of shit talk went down the drain, but we'll have another crack. Yeah, no, that's all right, mate. It's good. It's good fun. <laughs> good fun, sort of. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go over the same shit. We'd be bored.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, nah, that's all right. You might <laughs> yeah. pick up some nuggets of gold we missed last <laughs> time.
0: <laughs> nah, so what links you to Innspel anyway? Big fella?
1: Mate, I'm um, born and bred in Innisfail. Uh, like I mentioned before, my, um, my old man, he's uh, Innisfail boy as well. Um, we're a part of the traditional island group here, uh, the Waraburra people, which is uh, um, one of the five um, tribal groups of the Mamu language speaking area. Um, just on acknowledging that, I'd like to acknowledge that I have connection to the Torres Strait, as well as uh, English, Irish, Welsh, Filipino and Spanish um
0: is anyone else you want to mention yeah yeah
1: yeah yeah. yeah. well <laughs> I, I say to a lot of people you know in the way that it works like spain won the world cup a few years ago i can i can claim that um <laughs> obviously oki's a mate of ours he's spanish we might be connected there some way so you know we could be cousins but um nah look mate um uh, born and ready i went to school in meroyan um grew up obviously we went to high school together um and then i was bummed about pretty much until uh 24, 25 before I made the move to Brizzy, but in was always my home.
0: Definitely. And, um, yeah, so uh, when we, how uh, we sort of met our, like, I mentioned grade eight.
1: Yeah, my yeah.
0: Yeah, so grade eight onwards, and I just remember probably when you started playing under 14s, Footy, footy year, most um, touch football player in the team. But <laughs> <laughs> I remember mm, yeah. you scored a try once when ran the length of the field and touched everyone in the opposition, or well, they touched you yeah. twice each, and they couldn't fucking tackle you. Mm, just get mm. fucking barging and throwing them. And <laughs> length of the field, everyone was just laughing. By the time you got the try line, yeah. the whole crowd was laughing. Yeah. There was no like, yeah, it was just like
1: this. You can't yeah. fuck, that can't happen. No, for sure, for sure. <laughs> it's one of those moments. So, uh, showed a clean <laughs> pair of heels one day on a wet football field too. I think it was the only black. Heavy enough to get traction <laughs> Everyone else was slip-sliding around I scored a, a, a 40 metre uh, in Main I think it's Main Street where they play that one in Cairns Oh, Main Street, Main yeah. Street, that's it I, um, <laughs> It was that wet I died from about 25 hours I slept across the trolley line So, <laughs> yeah, mate uh, Look, it was, it's good Footy, uh, you know um, we, we grew up with it My old man coached football And um, we grew up with a lot of the footballing families around You know, the Grants, uh, Brad Gies Um yeah, uh, Hasties, you know, the Fry Brothers, so all those boys, you know. So yeah. that's who I grew up watching. Play and my old man coached a lot of he, he got into it coaching my cousins first, Gordy Wayne, Stevie Beggs, Stacey Joyce. Yep. Um and then all those boys were Danny Morrison, you know, all those fellas are sort of the same age, so uh played soccer as a kid out grew up in Marillion, yeah. obviously with all the oh, Italians, the kings Yeah, I took C P twenty seven. Um and then I was uh, accident prone, so I broke my shoulder and collarbone and all that, and my mum wouldn't let me play until I got old. I remember playing, you probably remember, we went to Ingham, and I got this biggest set of shoulder pads on under my jersey, and (laughs) I think that lasted about four games. But mum wouldn't let me play without them uh, up until a point, and then one day I run on without them, and obviously not to her knowing, and then that was it. I never wore them ever again. She bought a... $50 Fifty or sixty dollars per set <laughs> for nothing. And that's yeah. a big
0: deal back there, is those fifty or sixty bucks. Oh, sure of yeah, it, sure of it. it. That's half your pay. Yeah.
1: Well I uh, <laughs> probably receive an ab study by then so come out of my pay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that was a bit of a um I remember my oldies got me a pair of shoulder oh now I wanted a pair of shoulder pads. And I used to be able to run a bit, put them on, and the wind picks up, you can't get anywhere. Yeah, yeah.
1: They're a a comfortable thing. Yeah. Um,
0: But they made them huge back
1: in the old days. They sure did. Like nowadays, they're a skin shirt (laughs) with a bit of padding in Yeah.
0: (laughs) They were like fucking American football. Yeah,
1: yeah. We must have played NFL.
0: (laughs) And, yeah, like, uh, you're pretty much the one who's got, got me into playing the guitar and shit, so...
1: Mm, Yeah, like I said, I'd heard that for the first time today Yeah, (laughs) we (laughs) Um,
0: spoke about it before (laughs)
1: Yeah, yeah, um, half an hour or so ago Um, But yeah, like I said, mate, it's always very, um, you know Like if you can do anything to sort of help, encourage or um, be a part of someone And like I said before too, you know I've watched all the stuff that you've done Being a part of Zilch and the band And being able to play along, you know Before and after at different events and things And like I said, although I would have loved been a part of it obviously too far away but um nah definitely i um, proud of the journey that you fellows had and, and obviously to hear that you know i played a small part in that is, yeah. is mad I man that's awesome it's, no, it it's really is good.
0: no thanks a lot but uh yeah i mean we got you up you um, played a few gigs with us at the jam of the jar and you played at the zilch bloody second ep launch
1: yeah yeah it was fun man like i said that the, the jam at the jar and um that was a special one for me obviously because it's the first time i played you know and sort of sang in front of a local audience like I said uh, people remember from back in the day either the fourth wheel of three wheel drive or um, family bands but um, to be able to sort of perform and do it myself and uh, it's special for a reason too is I actually played a song for um, I wrote a song for Adam Grady who passed and um, I got to perform that in front of the home crowd and I know that his sister and his younger brother and that were there and it was very special And, and a lot of People that knew him too, North mm. Queenslanders, you know, Innisfail people, Mina Creek and all that. So,
0: actually, I got to meet him through you. He come up my place one night and yeah, yeah, there. yeah.
1: We had a party, he used to tag along old, old Grady, but um, to, to be able to perform, and, and that song hadn't been heard. Um, I did it about a year before for his younger brother Sammy's 21st. Yep, got too drunk and passed out before I could do it that <laughs> night. woke up the next morning and we just sat down. It was probably a bit better because a bit more intimate with his mum and his dad and that. Yep. And um, there were a few tears shed in that. But for me, that song was about him and my connection to him. And it really wouldn't be complete until they'd heard it and they sort of were happy to hear it. And they, that sort of gave me the validation to be able to do it. When you invited me to the jam at the jar the following year, it was really special. It was, uh, it was yeah, it was good, man. It was good. Yeah,
0: I actually uh, let you know. I went out their house probably two weeks ago and they've got his old... Um forward going now yeah mate, up that and thing, running
1: nothing's been sitting there for a while it's Added, at um camp quality uh. call it.
0: <laughs> it's fucking beautiful it's like in mint condition again
1: yeah it's amazing and Thanks. that's been a project I know that they've held on because mr grady and sammy and, and adam um you know we're looking at it and yeah for, for oh, i can remember going out there for the for the wake not long after and then um again like i said for sammy's 21st and you just saw it in all the different stages, mate. So for it to be able to be like that, like, it'd be special. I hopefully get out there at Christmas time mm. and go and see them. Because I always try and get around to see the, the usual suspects. You know, yep. the, the Jameses are out there in Mina Creek, Willie and Beth James, Joshie James's mum and dad. And um, obviously Mr. and Mrs. Grady, they're they're on the way as well. So, yeah, mate, it, it'll it'll be good to finally see that, um, obviously, a project and labour of love for yeah. that family and their connection her brother there so no it's good mate it's good mm.
0: so and all that so now you're living in bris vegas
1: yeah mate been in brisbane since 2003 now so what's that 16 years fucking okay, hell goes
0: quick hey, probably as long as you're in school
1: yeah bro that's for sure. longer actually
0: mm, <laughs> yeah, mm. yeah don't, time flies as you get older eh
1: it, it seems to it felt like it took forever to get to 18 and then 21 and then after that and it 40, just goes yeah hey. And then you throw your kids into that and, you know, like you, you say all those cliche things that you hear, mm. and it's like, oh, you know, where's that going or how? Like the, even this year, mate, uh, end of last year, I only felt like it was yesterday mm. and we're almost in September. Yeah. We, we are in September, yeah. the first today. So it's just unbelievable, mate, yeah, how quick it goes. You wish it to just slow down for a bit.
0: Yeah. yeah and it's just because you, you wish your weeks away and hope for the weekend. <laughs> where you sort of got to just take every day as it is and get the best out of it yeah for sure mate that's a that's exactly right and sometimes you can
1: sort of put your head up and go where did that go yeah um so but no nah, definitely it just yeah, yeah yeah like you say you wait all that time it felt like forever to finish school yeah it felt like forever to turn 18 and get legal to drink and then it felt like forever to have your 21st yeah and then all of a sudden you're 40. <laughs> <laughs>
0: then you're like, pause, pause. Mm, mm. Slow down, yeah. slow down. <laughs> so uh, what actually you do in Brisbane now for a job?
1: Um, mate, I, I work for an Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander uh, community service down there, uh, Kabingo Youth and Family Development. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm the program manager for community programs down there. So um, we work with youth, we work with family, community, the whole lot. Like we're pretty much a, a one-stop shop. Um, for service community, child safety, um, suicide prevention, youth justice. Um, yeah, just just sort of all of that. It's one of those roles that I sort of fell into um, just because I'd always work with community, whether it be coaching footy or, you know, working in my own community. Um, and it's just one of those things where it, it just kept evolving. Once I sort of got away from driving trucks and doing that, I went into... Education, and then I went into teaching, and I, I still do a lot of um, public speaking, uh, MC roles, and um, facilitator training. But uh, a lot of it now is just managing the other stuff. But you got to keep your foot on the ground too. It's, yeah. It gets boring otherwise.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you're down there with uh, Crystal, your wife. Yeah, mate. So
1: um, Crystal, born and bred down there. She's got connection through German English down there, Clump Road at Mount Gravatt. That's her family that we found out um, a while ago. But um she's a Redcliffe girl, and that's where I moved to, obviously, when I, when I left here. And we have two beautiful children, Adam and Ava. Adam's nine. He turned nine in June this year, and then Ava will be five, five on the 16th of September, the day after my birthday. Yeah. Yeah. Actually,
0: Adam's namesake for Adam Grady as well. That's yes, sir, he is. Gesture. He is. That's he exactly
1: right. So, yeah, Adam Michael Lewis. So Adam after Adam Grady. Michael after Michael Jackson and Michael Jordan. And uh, Lewis after, obviously, my father, Louis Mond. Yep. Mm.
0: Oh, nice. Yeah, so it's old Bris Vegas. It's it's cold down there. (laughs) Mate,
1: it actually hasn't been too bad. Um, You know, like, I thought I was be be up here, sort of sweating it out. But it's it's similar at the moment, yeah. Yeah. Um, We had a bit of a cold snap come through uh, a few weeks ago. But, yeah, nothing to sort of really write home about. I'm, I'm teeing off at the moment about six o'clock hopefully the sun will come up a bit earlier sooner but it's just a jumper i was like not freezing yeah yeah. so no but it's it's good we say it every year probably didn't get a winner but there were some days there mate when that snap come through i had jumpers and beanies and everything you Mm. know so yeah um it's pretty much the same like i said you got a good breeze here at the moment went played golf this morning sweated a little bit more (laughs) just to the humidity (laughs) but yeah mate i I can handle that that's not worrying
0: (laughs) And um, yeah. So let's get back to like your heritage and a mm-hmm. bit, bit of mob talk from up up there, Runa Run. <laughs> if you read the sign, yeah, it sounds like the bloody son sign never wants to finish when you read it. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, so the old Palmerston, my my the connection there.
1: We went up this morning actually. Um, I took my brother. But if you go up to Crawford's Lookout, um, we, we've been named there. So my twenty first birthday back in 2000, 2000 2001, two thousand one, two thousand, um. My uncle was coming down, Uncle Robbie Major, from Millamilla, Uncle Ding, Dad's oldest brother, went up to pick him up. And they was talking about different things, and Uncle Ding's asked Uncle Rob about this part of the river. And he was saying, oh, you know, the Mullumbungu and the bend in the river and then the Garaja, the rapids that run away to the south, and there was a big white paper bug tree just near the sign, and that's Wakan Wakan. And um, Uncle Rob got back, and Uncle Ding got back, and he's telling Auntie Marion, our eldest, um, she's mother to the Woney's and McCarthy's yep. and um, and he said that's it that's that's the story because there's three boys and there's three things that he mentioned in that story so Ian Mons the Wakan Wakan the white paper bug tree at the top of the hill and then me and Trevor down the bottom so Mullumbangun and then as it goes around the bend and runs away to the south you've got the rapids which is Garaja which I'd say Probably closely translates to Karajar. Yep. When you look at Karajar over mm. there, they got that little rapid, that creek there. Yep. So I'd say that that's probably where they got that name from. Uh, and then our kids are obviously there. So where the Henrietta Creek flows into the Johnson, the North Johnson River there, there's a big slither of land that looks like a buttress root. Um, if you traditionally the big in, the shield, the Aboriginal shield from yep. that area was made out of a buttress root, the fig yep. root. So that's Adam. And then um, you've got the muckaroo, which is the, the fig that falls. To, when they fall, they fall down into the water, into the rapid. Yep. And that's Trevor's little girl, Curly. Yep. And then the Chinchapur, which is Trevor's biggest girl, Tala. And there was a coming together spirit. There were boulders that were thrown into the river from the Beatrice all the way down to Henrietta Creek. And um, I, look, I don't have it exactly, but that's that's where she sort of lives in that part of the, the creek there. And then my daughter, Ava, she's the... Um, which is a tassel fern. So we're, we're all located in that area there. When you look at the Mondies, that's all of us yep. uh, in that in that area there. So my brothers and family. And then my old man, is a Waka Waka Manula, which is a rock wallaby, but that's Jitabal language, which is his father's language. Yep. So apparently my dad's family, all the kids have got Jitabal names. And then because we connected closer to the Mamu language... All the kids have the Mamu name. No, I yeah. Actually,
0: I actually haven't even been to the walk.
1: No, I drove down the walk. I, yeah. I do it every Christmas or oh, the Christmas that I come home. Oh. Oh, the reason is because I get them for free. Trish and <laughs> 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 but every
0: time I drive past Crawford's Lookout, it's always like everyone wants to fly. I actually mm-hmm. slow down because I, mm. I just love this the, the difference in like, it's just like rainforest and it's just like the biggest view and then like rainforest. Yeah, sure, <laughs> So you just, like, you just like, it just stands right out. Well, so. I was
1: talking to one of my cousins, and he's a ranger, does some stuff up there, Corey. Um, and uh, we're looking at Christmas time when we come back to do a walk, mate. So I'll let you know. We'll mm. go down. I don't know if I'll go right down to the river, <laughs> but I'll go down to the helipad. Uh, but we'll assess it when we get there. But, yep. mate, you're more than welcome to come and walk country. that will be awesome.
0: Hey, fucking O's. Mm. Yeah. I'll- Oh, Kate's always hitting me up to go all the way to the bottom. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
1: Well, I've never been. And I thought, what better time? I turn 40 in a couple, in a month. Yeah. So I don't think I'll do it after 40, you know. <laughs> so might as well have a shot at it. But my cousin Corey, he goes to the bush there all the time and he's got the camping spots and all that. So we could even camp overnight. Mm. I don't know about that. But, um, you know, City of Murray's there <laughs> nowadays. Uh, but no, you know what I mean? We're, we're singing out to them old people and they'll protect us. Well, that's the the theory behind it, anyway. Yep. I don't know about that, but <laughs> yeah, mate, I'm I'm definitely keen to to, to go right down to the bottom yeah. at, at Christmas, so I'll let you know.
0: Yeah, yeah. let's let's talk <laughs> about the the spirits then. All the all the um the mob talk, the hairy man, and the yeah, yeah, rest yeah, of yeah, it. for
1: sure. Um, well, that's us. Um, we we were always sort of told and warned about the hairy man. I remember Cow Chrissy Hadaway mm. coming back from Atherton or Melanda when we played footy and. We start freaking each other out, talking about, you know, sitting <laughs> in the back of the bus or doing something stupid like that. But a- a- as kids, we'd, we'd all heard about it. And like I said, um, you know, I've, I've heard of blokes with pig dogs that have gone up there. They've seen something that spooked them and they can't get them out of the back of the car. They're mm. just that terrified or um, that smell, you know. You, could, you could just hear that. F- hear it? You smell that real foul no. sort of stench odour, you know. And um, you can't explain it. Mm. And it almost moves, you know. And then... Um, i got an uncle, Uncle Robbie, who I mentioned before, he talked about seeing something that was crouching and obviously got up and moved, but he said it was too big to be human. And when he got over, he checked it, and there was a big gunner, you know, big mm. poo on the ground there. And um, he said it looked exactly like human one, like a, a human would do, but he said it was just huge, like hey. fift to the 15th power, you know. Yep. A human did that, he's walking around with a...
0: It might be taco juice, though, strewn- strewn- <laughs> I
1: think. <laughs> he got a nice stretched hole and he's pulled that one out. <laughs> Um, but yeah, you know, and, and it's, like I said again, um, there's a story when my, my great, great grandfather, um, George Meredith Joyce, he's an Irishman, when he came over, he was a Fijian born Irishman, they went from Fiji to New Zealand, from New Zealand to Sydney, then Sydney to Brisbane, and then Brisbane up to Far North Queensland, and, um, you know, it's just show a sign of the times of what happened, They they reckon he could speak the Fijian language, the Maori language he could speak Chinese because a lot of Chinese up here mm, in final Queensland that. yeah he could speak Italian and he could speak about four or five different dialects of Aboriginal including you know obviously English as well yep and um they uh, my cousin told me a little while ago he come down to visit me Kevy Wone. yeah uh, he's coming to see his daughter Alicia who lives just around the, the court the way from us there and um He talked about the Yamini. Yamini's the rainbow serpent. So Yamini in my language means rainbow, but it's also the name they give the rainbow serpent. And um, he said they were going through the bush and the story that he told about his uncles and that. And I think his mother told him, but he talked about seeing this big eel-like thing that was sort of on a log and the log was huge. The tree had gone down and there was a, um, a water hole right there and they reckon it reared up the way that a snake would. But you know those chameleon-coloured cars that they should have yeah. shine. Change colour, That's yeah. what it was, like a rainbow. Yeah. yeah. And um, it looked up, it reared up, and it just sort of looked at them and just hung for a bit and then just disappeared into that waterhole. They reckon that old man said to them kids that that was a place that was real bad, sorry business. Mob was sort of murdered and dumped into that site. Yep. But like I also said before too, when you look at fairy tale and all that, um like in Western culture, you know it was about um telling story and warning kids, you know, like mm. we talked about with you go down to a water hole and all the hairy men they say we kids go by themselves at night time he 's going to snatch you and take you, you know, yeah. so you only go there with adult supervision and all that sort of stuff so it 's warning as much as anything else, I think, but all of that sort of stuff, whether belief or not belief um i've i 've never had any. Reason to question it myself personally. Maybe as a kid, oh, that's bullshit. You know, no. you don't want to listen to that. But um, even just spills over into other things. Um, we spoke about the crocodile, the ganira. Um, he's an apex predator. He's also a food source to the coastal Aboriginal people of Mamu. But for us in the freshwater, if we eat him, it's like eye for eye. He'll eat you because he's the only animal that can kill and eat you. Apart from, you know, his only natural enemy is us and bigger crocodiles. Mm. He has the capability to kill and eat you. So um, we, we're not allowed to eat it. And that's a part of the law that we have. So it's 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 interesting. And like I said, I, I would never eat it after being told that right from the get-go. And that was one of those things that we were told as soon as we could sort of understand. Yep. Um, especially when they started farming crocs and, you know, mm. you could get it in pies and whatever else. So I always question now when I go to any nadoc event traditional food what is it yeah can't eat it. you and explain you need to label it you need to make sure people know they could be eating something they're not supposed to be mm. so but yeah it's, it's interesting and like i said again whether it's law or whether it's poppycock or whatever you want to call <laughs> it um i take it very very seriously and I, I know that you know the family does in a sense and then you pass it on to your kids so yeah. they know so they they're aware and they don't do something they're not supposed to
0: there yeah. and um, the other one we were talking a bit about uh, was the flame trees. We didn't really <coughs> get divulged too much in it because we both knew nothing really about it. I've just heard a few things that they, like, what, you?
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: well, Besides what you said.
1: Well, it was um, <laughs> the flame trees light a weary driver. Um, <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: But, but um, like I said to you, I'll, I'll definitely follow up um, yeah. because, like I said, I'll, I'm meeting with a group tomorrow that's doing some mammal language stuff uh, and I'll have the... The knowledge in the room, yeah. so I'll ask if anybody knows about yeah. for
0: sure. Yeah, just the ones that I heard was the secret men's business tree, mm-hmm. and um, yeah, some people get buried under them like uh, males. Yeah,
1: yeah, of course, and that, that's that's a big one: men's business, women's business. Um, I know right before we got cut off, I was about to tell this story, so I'll tell <laughs> it now. Um, I, I went to a place uh, in Brisbane, the Pine Rivers, um, old Petrie Town. Uh, Thomas Petrie was a gentleman who wrote the remnants of um, Southeast Queensland. So basically, you can read about Aboriginal culture. His parents were very, I guess, um, wild for the day in the sense where he was able to go and speak with the local people. He went through the uh, a white version of traditional culture, like I mean, the, yeah. the way that a, a non indigenous man could, but he could speak the language and he did a lot of the track trap. Um, tracking and all that sort of stuff and um uh, where the old homestead is uh, I played a wedding there and I was playing where the bride come down and it's 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 amongst all these old figs and um I just said to my wife before I started I said oh, I've got a funny feeling about this and you know I wasn't I checked my sugar, and you know I thought it might have been something else but um excuse me um I mentioned that it just didn't sit right with me and then we did it and did whatever and I played and they walked down the aisle and they got married and all that. On the way over to where the reception was, I was talking to a gentleman and he said, oh, that's a birthing place. So it, it is women's business, which mm. men obviously, well, they got to be born there somewhere. Yeah. But after that, I don't think they would revisit it. Yeah. Because um, it's, it's women's business. So it was just letting me know that, yeah, it's all right that you're here, but it's still a woman's place, you know? And, and uh, look, I don't get too spiritual with a lot of things like uh, my, my missus she's she can sense and see things and it's freaks out sometimes but when I look at that spiritual connection with Aboriginal people like I've been to water holes and the, something screams out don't go in mm. and then you find out later on that you know it's a women's business or there's something that went on there and you really shouldn't be there and that's what I, I tell a lot of people uh, you know there's a boring not far from one of the schools that we go to down in Brizzy and a lot of uh, it's actually not a school, it's a university. So, uh, Australian Catholic University is right next to the Nudgy Waterholes, which is a, a kippering, a, a men's boring, a young men's yep. boring. And we advise ladies not to walk past there. Mm. You know what I mean? Like, just didn't matter whether you're Aboriginal or not. A lot of students in that, and we just look, this is men's business. Just note, if you walk past there, it's at your own accord, you know? Yeah. But you've been warned, sort of mm. thing.
0: So, but like, you got the Bora Ground Road up on the weather and
1: up there yeah 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 all on the left there and there's a lot of them as i was just talking to someone this morning when you look at the name of a lot of places around not only uh innisfail but all around there are a lot of aboriginal words that are associated in there Hmm. so you know i mean um, language word for the crow is waga so w-a-g-a i don't know whether there's like an n sound there but apparently that's (laughs) Wangan. um japan is the eel and if you say it the way that it was spelled, as Japoon. Yep. So Japoonvale yep. is the place of the eel. Yeah, yeah. Um, but even not even on the indigenous side of, you know, language names, um, um, Sundown Road, uh, out there um, at Gundi. Mm. So when the um, cane cutters brought the Kanakan, you know, the South Sea Island people over, yep. that's where they had to be before sundown. That uh-huh. was as close as they could get to town. Fuck yeah. Yeah, yeah right, so right. you know what I mean, bro. There's all <laughs> these things. Merillion's um, named after a lieutenant that was on the Basilis. You know the yep. Basilis range? Yep. The, the ship was called the Basilis and um, Lieutenant Merillion. Hmm. So that's where Merillion comes from. I got all this stuff, bro. I do the research and find out the history of where we come from. Not only the indigenous history, yep. but the the non-indigenous history. So Innisfail is actually um, something to do with an island. In Ireland, yep. it was originally named Geraldton.
0: Yeah, Obviously, I remember that um, <laughs> one. all their mail was getting sent. Yeah, the getting wrong sent the wrong place.
1: <laughs> and then they turned it, and that was because of um, the explorer, Fitzgerald. Yep. So that's what they call it, Geraldton. And then it was Inneshon or Inneshoven, Innisfail, and then it became Innesfail. And Innesfail is an Irish word for like a fairy island or some sort of mystical island, magical yeah. island. Yeah. So again, it's really, really interesting. You know, Gundy, There's a lot of people that think it's Gundai. Um, you know, the name for the cassowary is the Kumbukan here, and Gundai when you go further down to Jambun country around Tully. Yeah. Um, but Gundi is, gun is actually bend, Gundi bend. Yeah, the
0: bend in the river. Yeah, yeah, exactly actually, right. My farm is on that. Yeah. Like, yeah. If you, yeah, my farm is actually at the bend in the river. There you that go. And, and and that's the gun. Yeah. That's
1: the gun part of Gundi. So there's a lot of people that sort of mistake it or get it mixed up, but again, it's, it's it's great that there's learning of it. Like I said, you know, the, the language um, school today, I, I was going to stay, but obviously I come up to do this, brother, you know what I mean? And, and and I've been looking forward to doing this for a while since you mentioned it. So I told him I'm going this way and I'll, I'll go back tomorrow. But um, being able to not only share it with our kids, but the whole community, so as so they know. And you know what mm. I mean? Like, like you just said, sundown. That should be something that everybody should know, that yeah. lives in Innisfail. Well.
0: Yeah, like, there's <laughs> a lot of stuff, and it's it's good little, it's 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 cool knowledge, it's cool trivia. Pub Ammo, yeah. they call it, yeah. in the <laughs> Zoom magazine back
1: in the day, Pub Ammo. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's fucking awesome, actually. Mm. And, um, what, th- yeah, we're, we're talking about it anyway, the importance of preserving ancestry and mm-hmm, stuff mm-hmm. like that. And it's just like, I know stuff all about my ancestors. yeah, yeah. yeah. And, um... All I know is my grandfather come over on a boat when he was like, oh, probably 16 or something. Yep. And that was it. He just started a family over here. Yeah. Fair enough. And that's all I know. He come from England. England, there you go. Yeah, and up my up the other side's from Scotland. Yep, yep. Yeah, so the Mackenzie side.
1: Oh, we got Mackenzie's too, bro. I might be a relation there. Yeah. Because, yeah, there's Mackenzie's. And he was non Indigenous man that married my great-grandmother.
0: Yeah, I had... Um, a follower used to play footy with Tui McKenzie. Yep, yep, yep. And his, my grandfather had a brother, or great grandfather had a brother that went to New Zealand. Oh, there you go. And f- and over there Tui and was thinking, from over there too, eh? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. I'm thinking, oh, well, hope it wasn't because he was a bit bent. back. <laughs> That's good, luck. That's life, your sorry. family. <laughs> nah, okay.
1: but but it, it's exactly right, mate. You know, uh, we spoke off, obviously off the podcast about this outside, and I, I speak to a lot of people every day, and I think con- connection to where you come from, your spiritual, your ancestral connection, is what a lot of people lack, both black and white. Mm. Yeah, you know what I mean? I'm not just talking about, but for a lot of non-Indigenous people, they will quick to jump and go, "Well, I'm Australian." And mm. my response is, yes, we're all Australian, those that are here. But where does your ancestral connection come from? Mm. Study it. Learn it. What was the set of circumstances for your grandfather, like you said, or yeah. great-grandfather? Why did he come? Mm. Was he chased out of town? Was it he wanted to explore the world? He wanted to sow his oats? What like, what, what, was yeah. it? Because for me, knowing where you come from, and again, this is only my look on the way that it is, But but knowing where you come from, give you a better understanding of where you're going to go, yeah. you know? And and for us, it's about acknowledging those people. I, I, I don't really think we give enough thought or enough acknowledgement to those that come before us. Mm. Especially you the know? ones, yeah,
0: they, when they've travelled a fair way. Like, those days, was it three months or four months, <coughs> bloody on a... Seven or eight, I think, <laughs> mate. It's a long <laughs> way. Well they call them? Two-bob poms, whatever, because yeah, the, yeah. that's all two it costs to get on the two, boat. Yeah, that's exactly right. Hey.
1: Two-pound, two two-pound pom. Hey. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, and, and you know, like like I said, I've got that as well. You know, Mond. Um, when you look at the the original name, it's French Norman, but it's actually the English version of it. And the the original spelling was M A U D, which is what a lot of people think when I say my last name. Um, uh, but through the English version, they they added the N, mm. and um, so it became Mond. Well, we say Mond, but if you want to spell it or read it. In English, it would be mourned. Yeah. I find myself doing that a lot now, so I don't have to correct how people spell no. it. <laughs> but, um, a- and if you look at that name, what it is, is Basket or Cast Maker. Yeah. So, what a lot of our names back in the day no. meant was what you did. Yeah. No. Um, and it's, it's interesting, like uh, Villaflor, my mother's maiden name has obviously got a very strong connection to the Philippines because of Spanish... Settled the Philippines yep. or conquered them or however you want to look at it. But villa, house, house yeah. floor, flora, flower. Mm. So they're either people that, um, you know, planted flowers or had a farm of flowers. Yep. or They might have even invented flora. Margarine, I'm not sure. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Had very fast cars. Yeah, just yeah, floored yeah. Them. He just floored it to the <laughs> ground. But, but again, understanding your name. Like, you know, Martin is the most common name in the world. And that happens to be my wife's last name. There's so many versions of it: Martino, Martinez, Paulie Martini. Martin. Exactly yeah. right. <laughs> so you know what I mean? Depending on what part of the world you came from, really depicted how your last name ended up. You yeah, know? Well,
0: and I think mine is it's it's Alcock, but I think what my uncle was telling me he said it's it's the way uh, a cock was a a bloke. Yep, a person cock me. So no. He, no. So he'd say he's a good old cock. He's oh. a, like, and that's how how it got got around. He's just saying he's a good old cock, like this mm-hmm. compliment, and mm-hmm. that, that turned into a last name. Somehow. And that's
1: the English. Mm. Well, I I'll, I'll take that one because I actually talked to someone about this. So my wife's last name is Klump, Oh well, her, her heritage. So Gutleib Klump escaped Germany when the war was happening via Austria and ended up in Sydney. And then him and his brother went from Sydney to Brisbane. So you go to Mount Gravatt, you've got Clump Road. On Clump Road, they had a poultry farm, so chicken and whatever, and citrus. So your lemons, your oranges, your mandarins. And that's them. Now, you remember the movie, The Nutty Professor? Yeah. Say Sherman Clump? Yeah. Same last name. Eddie Murphy's obviously a very smart man, or whoever the writers are very smart, because Clump, in German, actually means large, goofish, O fish like right. clumsy <laughs> so you're exactly it like what you talked about a good old cock there and then it become all cock or alcock yeah clump was probably given to this clumsy bunch of family members yeah. or they've given it to the bloke because that's what it was and it stuck as a nickname and then it mm. became their, their surname because yeah. there's no way it should have been a surname because but, it's, it's actually saying- a didn't they have a surname before that? <laughs> yeah, well, sure. Right. It's like, what come first, the chicken or the egg? <laughs> you don't have to change it by depot yeah. back in, the, you know. <laughs> so, but, but it's interesting. I, mean, I remember talking to um, uh, Lee Devlin. Yep. And um, he said, with a lot of the Chinese families that come in, so, you know, you get some of them Aboriginal names that have Aki or R Sam or, mm. you know, all of that. He said, there was a family and their name was just Key. So it wasn't Archie. It was Key. Yeah. When the bloke signed him into the country, he's asking because his English isn't very good. He's going last name, and he's thinking. He said last name. He's going um uh Key. Says <laughs> so it's, it's become Archie. <laughs> yeah,
0: just off uh, yeah <laughs> yeah
1: because the way the bloke signed him in yep. um Sablu's another one. Obviously Sablu's being a family in the Innisfail area. Yeah. Their last name is Sablu. It's Malay. Yep. Jimmy's father's Malay. Yep. Um, but when the bloke that signed to me, he was a Frenchman. Yeah. So he sees it as Blue <laughs> because of his the way he reads it and the way he says yep. it. So there are many stories of that, and this is why it's so interesting, yeah, brother, yeah. to be able to learn it and find out. Because you know, what I mean, like I always saw your last name myself personally, and we said "alcock" because it had "al," but then other people go "walcock." No <laughs> balls. <Nah. laughs> yeah, exactly right. <laughs> but you go and. How do you get all cock out of that? There's only one L. Yeah. Like if you're doing it the way the English language, hey. it's like saying you know the silent letter knife. You know, spell it out. But there's hey. no fucking K hey. in there. <laughs> um, well, there shouldn't be. Mm. But yeah, I, I, I don't know what people were looking at when they went, oh Tony Allcock, or um, you know, because it's got one L. But yeah. but again, it's a perception of the person that either reads it or signs it or whatever it is, yeah. you know. And every person looks at something differently. Hey. So, you know what I mean? Like, I get people look at, you know, me in the sense of um, even just, like, you know, you, you know I'm Aboriginal. North of Rockhampton, everybody knows I'm Murray. Tosh and, and then I acknowledge all those others. As soon as I cross Rockhampton, hey, Kyoto, bro. Qura. I think I'm Solly, you know, or <laughs> Pacific Island. And it's like... How do you guys not know this? Like, no. you know, I get mistaken for people all the time. Once, you know, it was it was Denzel Washington, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but no, you, you you know what I'm saying? Like, it's it, it's that sort of thing. The perception. Ronnie Coleman. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I wish. <laughs> um, but you know, it's perception. Like I said, how, how is it that I don't know? People come up and go, "Oh, bro, oh, we beat the Aussies last night." So, Man, I am Australian. What are you on about? I don't sound like <laughs> so, a Kiwi.
0: Well, yeah, there's like. Head per capita, how is it you reckon it's far less down in the cities? What's that for that, like Aboriginal per? Um. Oh, bro, it,
1: it's funny because when I first moved to Brisbane, it's like a search for black folks, you yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> but, but also, too, my perception coming from here mm. was you see someone with a dark skin. Now, I should be the first person to not even think about that because you've met my cousin Tony Mon mm. and he's as fair as you, me. he's yeah. got blonde hair, he's got blue eyes. Yet, you know, his um, great-great-grandmother was a full traditional Aboriginal woman, yeah. you know? So you can't judge that. Mm. Um, but I remember one day at school and I had to go and meet these little Aboriginal kids. And these little blonde blue-eyed, you know, fellas turned up and we're laughing and yarning. And then we make this big mob noise and I said, hey, we, we better be quiet. We're going to get in trouble from the principal, you know, because we was just sitting in the yeah. office. Then all of a sudden, this lady comes around the corner and goes, Oh, Kevin, you've met the boys. And I'm like, What boys? She goes, These are the kids you're here to see. But because in my head, I'm thinking Man. I'm meeting little Murray kids, mm. they're dark skin. So it even challenged my perception. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I've never questioned um, nowadays because, uh, you know, my kids will get questioned to the day they die. Mm. Now, the way that it works because they go, Oh, no, you're not original. Or what percentage or what quarter? If you would ask any like English white. Anglo-Saxon looking person What background they are And they go I'm French Or I'm Italian Like we grew up with Italians yeah. here man And some of these blokes Are dark as me mm. But you ask a fair-skinned Italian Who they are You don't even think to question it Yeah But you ask a fair-skinned Aboriginal person that Straight away you go I can't be There's no way Yeah Who's your grandma You know what I mean So even that Hasn't evolved to the point where We don't have to defend our heritage Every single day We still mm. have to do it You know So there's a, that perception out there uh, I, I talk about casual racism Like I, I put a post up on Facebook the other day and I, I know you're not on there brother But I did some work with some kids And I, I use as an example of um, This lady just thought to tell me That I spoke very well for an Aboriginal person
0: mm, Nice lady isn't Yeah she?
1: And I, I look She's obviously a, a That generational thing You yeah. know what I mean Where they could talk and that sort of stuff But um, it's it still it happens and people don't realize and they go well, when was this is it like six months ago man and they go "Not, not even i said well why would i lie to you brother and then i finished the, the program that night and with the kids and i've gone home and um i was a late one so i'm talking to a lady behind the counter she's about the same age get my staff and then i start telling them what i do and because i i public speak and i do a lot I, I can talk to people you know what i mean and then all of a sudden, she's going, "Oh, have a nice evening." And she just thought that she needed to tell me as well how I, how well I spoke English for an Aboriginal person, and that's literally a week ago, you know. So it's, it's not as if I turn around and go, "Well, you speak very good English for a murdering, stabbing white, you know, <laughs> oppressionist <laughs> colonizer," you know, like me. I, I could point out all that stuff too, like, <laughs> but 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 it's it's just like take the piss, me. Come yeah. on, when when is it, you know? And then the questions you get about, oh, you get more money for being Aboriginal, but you know me, if I if I could get some more money, I would. But where 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 do these people come up with this? Mm. You know, and I got to the point where I'm, I'm not fighting it anymore. I just flipped the script and just go, okay, cool. Well, you obviously know more about this than I do. Can yeah. you get a Centrelink for can me? You show me? <laughs> and if you can find out who I need to talk to and come back and then give me that information. I must be doing it wrong, mm. you know? And not try and make it sound in a bad way. I'm genuine. I go, bruh, you get it. Tell me. And I'll go and find it. And I'll, um, I'll look into it. Yeah. And they either don't come back or they come back and they got egg on their face. And it's yeah. like, but I try to tell you, but you won't listen. Mm. And that's where I think government need to take that. Like, you know, Ab Study We talked about it just before. Yeah. Same, Was it on
0: this podcast or the one we did? No, 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 no. <laughs> I,
1: I think I mentioned it before in, in passing. <laughs> but um, it's the same payment. Yeah. So why the fuck do they have two names for it? Yeah. Abstudy Study or Study, and the reason why is so they can keep a track of how many Aboriginal Island yeah. kids access it. But because it's got two different names, and because we get more money, people will tell us every day your son will be entitled to more money. I said, come on. I said, how long have you been on something? Do you know how it works? It's means tested. Mm. Like Higo, he, he used to blow up because he couldn't get it. Yeah Because his mum and dad Earned Work, too much yeah, money like Not only Higgins' parents and stuff Earned too much money mm. My old man was the only income Yep And 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 we got it You know Some of the other boys Used to laugh And call it shoe money Because you know I mean, Every time they got paid They got a new pair of shoes <laughs> <laughs> My mother and father Made me spend it mm. On books You know As soon as I got it She stopped My mum stopped buying You know my, my mum yeah. she, she said That's it That's your money You can party when you got it but you need to buy all your school books, all your uniforms. That yeah. boy year twelve, I think I was wearing the raggedies uniform because I didn't was too tired <laughs> to want to spend any money. But but you know what I mean? Like it it, it baffles me. I got married two years ago, three years ago this October first, um, and um, someone asked Crystal, "Were we enjoying the new car that we got?" She sort of looked at her and said, well, what do you mean? She goes, well, you got a new car because you and Kevin got married and when Aboriginal people get married, they get a car, don't they? <laughs> like, who the fuck <laughs> is telling this woman <coughs> what's going on? But I'm serious, bro. These aren't. These aren't. I'm not making this up. This is a real conversation. Fuck yeah. Kids will ask me about the push bike. Did you get a push bike when you turned 13 in high school? No. I said, well, what happened? She says, oh, my mum and dad were telling us that Aboriginal kids get a push bike when they turn 13. Fucking Murray's would have been riding around everywhere. <laughs> hey, remember that time all them boys stole the bikes from the rep car up the top? They wouldn't have needed to. They got a free push bike when they turned 13. Come on. Hey. <laughs> but again, it's either ignorance or it's education. Mm. Now, if you get educated and you still want to be ignorant, I can't help you. Yeah. But if you haven't been educated, then I'm happy to help. And that, and that's what we do. It's unfortunate that I think government should be putting more of this stuff, you know what I mean? Like to say. I study, or study, same payment, it's means tested. Yeah. And and put that information out there yeah. and dispel some of these myths. But they just let them go along.
0: Yeah, because it's yeah, it's it's, it's a well known myth as well. I like guess fucking yeah, it's, it's rife. <laughs> <laughs>
1: But there are a lot of people out there, brother, that still believe it mm. and have no problem to question me and ask me about it every no, yeah. day of the week. <laughs> <Every day laughs> far out. Come on. Where'd you get those <laughs> headphones from? Yeah, there. yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, turn 40, you get a free set of headphones.
0: How <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, come you got them now? you got to get them another month. Yeah, another month. <laughs> <laughs> like Christmas, birthday come early. <laughs> yeah so <laughs> and
0: what the uh, stuff we were talking about before in the kitchen about um yeah 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 and yeah. that that really interests me what you um just the ways uh just the thinking mob mentality versus white man mentality sort of thing mm. and you got to try integrate the two definitely and, um yeah it because i thought fo- i found when i went to fiji and those places like that same and i think fijians but Vanuatuans, I deal with them a lot at the moment. And mm-hmm. um Torres Strait, they sort of are along the same line, even though they're not even near each other. Yeah. They have the same mentality and what same the way they think, tribally mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So
1: Yeah, and you know, I look I think a lot of it for all Indigenous people, like you look at the connection to Māori people, like you know, I've known the James family, the Rangi family, you know, the Perini family for a long time. Um and they sort of all come from the same era. Degans, you know, Kiwi Degan yep. and that. And um there's that connection that community that family that yarn um and it seems to be a thing of we we've got that community family aspect and and i, I don't know where it went for europeans uh, you know what i mean in the sense of and i'm I, I don't 100 oh, yeah, percent. yeah i i i, I, I don't mm. mean any disrespect by this but um it's sort of become materialist about i need to have a house and mm. only my family lives in that house and you can only visit on certain days and and, and um, it's it's sort of gone away from that um, community mentality. You know, back in the day, you talk about a, a ra- it took a village to raise a child.
0: Yeah.
1: And I think that's why so many people struggle, because your uncles are those ones that teach you what your dad can't. Mm. Your uncles are the ones you go to to have that tough conversation that you can't have with your dad. Yeah. They got your back, but they'll kick you in the butt if you need yeah. it as well. They'll also get your old man off your back if you need to, you know. Your auntie's the matriarch of the family in Aboriginal culture is always the the, the knowledge keeper So I mm. go to Aunty Man I remember going back there Drunk many a night And it's probably not the best way To have that conversation It probably should have been A bit more sober To retain more of it But we'd sit up for hours Me and Aunty Man Talking about my dad And my family And all that sort of stuff And I think that's why I cherish it so much now Because, um, you know I'm probably in the better space To hear it But it's, it's, it's about Not only challenging The way that we think But looking at those sorts of things where people talk about, well, like at, well, what we we're talking about in the kitchen was the training that I'm looking at doing very soon is challenging the way that Western society looks at the way work culture should be, and and similar for our Aboriginal Tashaun people saying that work is a culture, so they can relate to it because mm. they relate to culture. How do you relate to work culture? So if you can mirror them and say, well, there's a time to do this in our culture. For work, you have to be on time to be at work. You know what I mean? You have to get along and, you know, you have a feed and a gathering. Well, there's a work, there's time when you have a a break in that. And then on the other side, i got a lady that's working, you know, 24 hours or something because she's a community member. She also has a cultural responsibility because she's the eldest in her family. So she doesn't only have work commitment, she has community commitment and then her family commitment... So she has a late night, one night, and then doesn't come until 11 o'clock the next day. The boss is on her about what's going on. Listen to the story, find out, don't be so quick to accuse. You can't work between 8.30 and 4.30 when it comes to community. Mm. You know, I get home some nights at 8 o'clock at night. Yeah, there's overtime or there's no overtime depending on which way you look at it. But if I get a call 6.30 in the morning before work... And it's a community elder. It's not like oh, sorry, I can't answer that till eight thirty. That phone's there. That's why I have it. Mm. You know, I have to be on call. So it's not working um, nine to five or four thirty to four thirty. It's a it's a it's a it's a twenty four seven job. Now it's about how you manage that. And you know, I've been lost in it before. But through the support networks that we have with management and our CEO and our board members and even the community themselves. You know, when they think something's going on, I'll get an uncle come in and sit down and goes, "You're right, boy." So they're even monitoring. the same way we look after them. Mm. So the community really looks out for itself and watches it back. And again, it's that fear of the understanding or a KPI. I talked to someone the other day in some training that I did. So if someone comes to you and talks to you, that meeting has to run for one hour. Now. You might not get everything you need out of an Aboriginal, Torres Strait Islander person in an hour. So you might need an hour and a half or two. That conversation is important. They're not trying to milk it mm. to to get a two-hour session for for yeah. one hour. They're warming up. They're exploring you. They're trying to figure out. And then what they're doing is that when they start to break down those walls, they will. I so said, what you need to realise is we're not cattle. Nobody mm. is. We don't just tick a box and we don't just ship them through as quick as we can. And you don't have to be in a room Go outside Sit under a tree Explore Where that person's comfortable to talk You know there's all those different things Just because the western model says We have to sit in a Three by three White wall room And They're on a couch And I'm on a couch And you know You can't work like that And Mm. that's what's happened in the past When you look at Government are very good at saying We'll give you this money But you have to do it the way that we tell you Yeah And how many times has it gone wrong since day dot? Whereas if you say to me, we'll give you this money on the proviso that you have to tick these boxes, but you can do that however you like, you would get more. If I come here to your place and I told Kate that she had to move all this lounge room stuff and put it in your bathroom, and then you take everything out of the kitchen and you put it in the laundry, and then you take all the beds out and put them on the patio, because that works for me Mm. as the funding body. But it doesn't work for you. Mm. Do you know what I mean? That's the easiest way to explain it. Yeah. Is you will live the way that you want it. So the fact that this room's set up the way that it is is because that's how it works best for you. That's all people need to do. It's not rocket science, but what they do is they get caught up in my KPI, my value, my this, my that. Just because you have a set of values that are different to mine doesn't make them better.
0: Mm. That's a good way though. Yeah. <laughs> that's deep thinking yeah. man. That's deep thinking That's goddamn deep
1: <laughs> Yeah that's some deep you, thinking You speak
0: very well For an original <laughs> <man>. <laughs> Thank you Thank you I've been told that many times <laughs> So After all that what do, you, what do you reckon Are the steps To bridge that gap Between the whiteys And the Hmm Look uh, I think I think what
1: What all Australians need to do, in this instance, and again, this is only my opinion, I don't speak for all Australians, I don't speak for all Aboriginal people, that's my disclaimer, okay?
0: <laughs> um, <laughs> written and spoken by Kevin Mond. Yeah, yeah,
1: written and spoken by, authorised by Kevin Mond. <laughs> um, but but I think there's a lot of stuff that Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islanders need to work out first. That's not the fact that people can't help us do that, but I think, give us the room to be able to look at it. That's not being separatists, that's not trying to break off, that's not trying to do whatever. We need to get our shit together first, Um, Because there's still a lot of community that are doing that stereotypical stuff. There's still Mm. a lot of people that are... And it's in every community. You know what I mean? Like, unfortunately, when it's pegged on, you know, blacks or or those sorts of mobs, one little thing can tarnish a whole group. Mm. Yeah, I'll give you a perfect example. Just a side note, but you read the paper, and if it's it's normally a gang of Aboriginal youths or gang of Aboriginal people. It's normally a gang of terrorists, if they're Muslim or anything like that. Yep. It's normally an African gang, you know, the gang members. And then, you know, if it's a non-indigenous kid, he's, he's a mistroubled youth. You know, it's, it's a group of mistroubled youth. And yeah. I'm not bullshit, man. Mm. You read it. Like I said before, I read every bit of source I can get on something. And look at the way media spin it. So they make us, they tell us how we look at society and how we look at people. So it's, it's not a coincidence, uh, and and the big thing for me is, um, when you look at going back to what we're having a look at, those kids that fulfil that stereotype or do that, it's just detrimental to everything that we do. You could have twenty kids go through university, one kid rob somebody, and that's all they focus on. Yeah.
0: Do you know what I mean? Well, it's, it's just the the hum, human way. It's, it's yeah. Well, it, do it sells ten good paper. things, and one bad thing <coughs> fucking overshadows the ten good things.
1: Yeah, and it sells papers and news. Mm. So so for me. It's about looking at that and looking in our backyard, and sometimes too, we get so blind to ourselves. Like you I mean, I don't wouldn't normally, I don't talk like this to community, but yeah, you know I mean, if your kid's a bad kid, don't look for other things to blame yeah. it on, and, and that's in every society. You know, what I mean, if kid's stealing or he's doing drugs or he's doing this, doing that, don't blame his mates, yeah. don't blame the fact that you know, oh well, you know, this happened and that happened. People make choices. I think that's one thing. Unless you're a victim of sexual assault or a victim of molestation or something like that or a victim of like murder
0: yeah abuse you yeah.
1: really don't have a choice in that the person's going to do it regardless but if you abuse yourself there's a choice to pick up the crack pipe or there's a choice to mm. snort cocaine yeah you know what i mean like and you can get peer pressure and his mates and that but you have to be strong enough to be able to do it mm. to say no or to walk away from it, or try it and then find out for yourself. But whatever it is, that's a single, that's an individual choice. Yeah. It's not as if they've held you down and put it in your mouth and then someone's learned. That's different. You know what I mean? But it, but if, if all they said is bragging and try this," it's like, oh no nah, no. Nah. But come on, come on. Peer pressure. You can't. You can't tell me that anybody else is a fault apart from the person anyone who tries
0: to says, "Come on, come on." After you say <laughs> no, he needs a good kick to the fucking face because they're just that's a shit human being. And it's not you
1: made. No, you know what I mean. Do that. That's exactly right. Like I even out of courtesy, like I know when all the mob we were around used to smoke, you know, yandy and that, and and they knew I didn't smoke, but they're like Kevy, you want a, you know, take, brass, so or you want a little hit on this? They go, no nah, man, all good. But but they offered because that was what we did. Mm. It wasn't because they're trying to get me to smoke guns. You mean on the one odd occasion I go, yeah, bruss, and they'd be like, hey, this <laughs> <boy don't> smoke i <laughs> smoke. Excited. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. But 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 once you said no,
0: that mm. was it. It stopped, and they leave you alone. Yeah, yeah.
1: I never had blows go. Come on, bros. Come on, bruss. Yeah. You know, and then and then you tell them, mate, get here, piss off. We don't want you around yeah. if you're
0: going to carry on like
1: that. So so again. And again, I'm not just saying this is an Aboriginal and community. I hear people complain about their lives and and make excuses for the poor decisions and the poor choices that they make. So I think once those things are established a bit more and people actually start pointing, you know, Michael Jackson, the man in the mirror, yeah. it, it makes sense, you know. I'm starting with that person to make that change. And if you can do that, then I think, you know, and, and, and that makes others great. That makes other people... Want to do? Why I do what I do is because I want my kids and my family to see a respectable Aboriginal man, and it's a fight, bro. Like I said, every day I got to put up with. You've obviously heard stuff, you know. I mean, we've spoken about it today. The fact that I, you know, don't earn a bad wage and I live in a house and I do all that sort of stuff still doesn't negate the fact that they see a black fella, Mm. you know. And that's the toughest part about walking in those two worlds that you might hear people talk about. But going to the other side, I don't think white people sort of just handing everything over and stepping away is going to help either. No. We need help. We need help to be able to do it. Money and those sorts of things, it's foreign. I spend money like it's going to rot in my wallet. You Mm. know, I've never got any. Um, And for Aboriginal people that have never had it, it's it's tough. And then they go, oh, well, you know, look what was going to happen. Teacher,
0: show us. Well, I got... Is a, an example As Folly to come Give her, um, uh, Vending machines All through the Farms and that Yeah And he'd come around He'd put He'd stock ours Once a month At the farm mm-hmm. And every day He'd say to me When he was there I've got to go back To Yarrabah I've got to restock The machine And mm-hmm. he says He restocks that Every day Yep And ours is once a month On the farm He just said Because they just He said that Every note that's in there Is a $50 note mm-hmm. it's just, And it's just Going in and in yep. yeah, Everything's going in there he said that's his, he said, that's my money-making machine, those couple mm. of vending machines in Yarrabah. He said, they just... Because that's what they want. They just want the lollies and food mm. and, yeah. And, look, you can't blame that gentleman for
1: making a living. Mm. You know what I mean? Uh, most people might like, oh, well, he, should, he shouldn't He should do that. He should take those out of there. But unless that community is willing to also be responsible and say, you can't stop putting money in it. yeah then, you know what I mean? So it's, it, it works both ways. People mm. have to be able to come to that recognition that, oh, well, that bloke's bad man for putting in the community. If I had a machine that was earning that much money, I wouldn't take it out either. No. But where is the onus on the family giving kids $50 yeah. notes to go and get chips? Mm. Come on, you know what I mean? And again, it's Apple Card, it's bad, good, whatever it is you want to call it, everybody has to be responsible for not only their own actions, but the collective action as well. Because that bloke takes it out of there Then he doesn't make money If he does leave it in there You know what I mean The kids are eating So it's 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 good or bad either way It's about assessing the situation or the problem And then trying to steer clear What you need to be talking to those kids about is One, don't give them money Or you say to that gentleman Look, stock it up You don't get to stock it every yeah. month
0: Or stock it with some good shit
1: Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right So put, a, put yeah. a healthy option in there
0: Or put make it all healthy for one mm. week And see what happens Yeah <laughs>
1: And, and there are communities that have gone and done that. Mm. But the hardest part about it is, like I said, again, governments will tell you, and it's not just our community, not Aboriginal communities. They tell us how to spend our money or what they're going to do with our money every day. Mm. You know what I mean? So I talk about, and this is how I explain to a lot of people, they say there's $22 billion is put into the Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander community every year through government. My understanding is out of that $22 billion, only about $150 million reaches the ground.
0: Yeah, red tape.
1: So what happens with the rest of it? It's mm. administration fees and it's the Aboriginal Affairs Minister, which, by the way, is the first time in the history of Australia that it we have Aboriginal. an Indigenous <laughs> Indigenous Affairs Minister. Yeah. That's laughable. Mm. You mean, I laugh every Definitely. time I say it, but at least it's a step in the right direction. Mm. But so what happens is... He has advisors who have advisors who have all this and don't. So that money gets filtered out through all those people before it even hits the ground. And, but yet, they don't show the real figure that hits the ground. They show Australian public $22 billion. Yeah. So that's why we're supposed to get all this money that we do. Mm. I should be driving around in Ferraris and living in mansions. <laughs> but I'm not. It's mm. those rich white folk, and, and there aren't many Aboriginal people that sit in those positions. Mm. You know, So Aboriginal Australia is a big business. And if it was to be, say tomorrow, there was no indigenous problem, so I'm quotating here, air Marxism <laughs> as I'm talking, there'd be a lot of white people that would be out of a job and oh, wouldn't be very well off to do. Again, I'm not trying to use that as, oh, you could hear this and go, this bloke's whinging. It's not about that. What I'm saying is share the love, put people in there that actually want to be there and make decisions for our people in our community and c- we can do it together because mm. we don't, need to get mainstream Australians to step away either. We want your support and let's work at it. You know, treaty is something that's come up just recently. And in a speech that I did at um, the flag raising at the Boondle Police Station, because I was the MC for that event, I said, what, what does treaty mean? Does anybody in this audience know? Not one person knew. Mm. And I said, I don't know it either, so I'm going to research it. Treaty is an agreement between, between two or two. more states yeah. or groups with a mutual thing. What does that look for like for Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people? Have, have we even discussed it? Mm. What does that mean for the rest of Australia? Has anyone ever discussed it? Because I know back in the day when the Marbo land claim came through, White Australia lost its mind. They thought people coming after them with spears to take their... <laughs> I'm serious, bro. Yeah. Remember 1992? Yeah. You saw it on the news. And if you go back and watch those clips, people flipped. They're mm. like, oh, no, the natives are coming. They're going to take out you know, land. Yeah. You know, and it was a big scare for because no one was educated. Yeah, if you educate pe- people on what treaty means, what 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 does Aboriginal Australian, Torres Strait Islander Australian want that to look like? Now that's going to be a big conversation because there's so many different groups. Mm. That's what? probably
0: the I th- overall, I reckon that's probably the hardest, mm. biggest hurdle you've got is so many different mobs. That's and exactly right. congeal em. come come to one understanding. Mm. Then from the non-indigenous perspective,
1: what is it that you'd like to see in a treaty? Because I think they need to have a say. Not so much the way government do and put their restrictions on it, but tell us what it is they would like to see and be a part of. Um, then you need to look at: do we even need one? Mm. You know, like what 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 does it do? Because native title did fuck all. You know, what I mean, it basically said you can own this land, but you can't put a house on it, you can't put a farm on it, you can't put a shop on it, anything that makes a profit, you can't even put sewage on it. Yeah. So what the fuck is that? It's like saying use is your house Your block of land here Buy it But you can't do anything with it yeah. And And that's native title in a nutshell So people don't realise Unless they're educated And they have a look into it um, And so, so Treaty What does it mean? Do we want it? What does it mean for blacks? What does it mean for whites? Those are all the questions I think they need to start talking about Now before it happens mm. And for me At the end of the day oh, You know in New Zealand, you can see what it's done. The Treaty of Waitangi. Yeah. Um, because they have multi-language in schools. They have that culture. You know, they've, they've got their sacred marais and all that sort of stuff. Uh, it, it might help there. But I, I just think, you know, we're... we're um, again, that, sh- that subtle racism that Australia sort of um, carries and begrudges. Yeah. You know, like this sort of relationship that we have and, you know, all the boys, it don't matter. We're all walks of life. Um to think there are people out there that are sort of begrudge someone because they're a different culture—it's it, just terrible. And that that whole way of thinking. Sometimes living in a small town, it's probably good because everybody grew up together. And the only part about it was the naivety when you left it—you see how how rife it is. You know, mm. like it's terrible, um, and people don't like other people because
0: of it. Yeah. Well, I I sit here across the table from you. I don't see a black fellow. I see Kevin Mon. And that's, no. like, that's the that's just me to a shell sort of thing. I yeah. don't All me mates and me mates, I don't care what, what race you are.
1: No, that's exactly right. And if you treat people with respect and all that sort of stuff, I, you know, you get it all the time, you hear people go, oh, I don't really like Chinese people. You go, well, why not? Oh, well, you know, this bloke did this one day. I said, so you just <laughs> wiped out the whole, whole race. Of Chinese race <laughs> because of one person. Hey. I said... That's book cover stuff You know You're judging A whole race of people On the cover of the book I said Get to know each individual And then make up your mind If he's a cunt or
0: not You know yeah. Like I told this story Once before I, I was in Japan mm-hmm. And there's This one Jap dude Walking past us And he was Smashing his foot As hard as he could On the ground Like yeah, yeah. Bang And then he walk A bit further And bang And he's just And we're just all Looking at him Like what the fuck he doing And then the, This um, taxi driver Comes over just And goes Don't worry they're crazy people in every race. <laughs> 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 that was just a bit, bit, <laughs> bit dumb. He just escaped the nut here, I'll say. <laughs> but that sort of puts it all into the same sort of thing. Into, yeah, yeah, right. there's, there's fucking idiots in every race. It doesn't matter who it is.
1: And, and when you talk race,
0: there's a lady that does a, a, a beautiful
1: experiment called the brown-eyed-blue-eyed experiment. I don't know if you've ever seen it. No. Google it and have a watch of it. What she does is she did it at the Oprah Winfrey show many, many years ago. She started doing with her students. And what she does is she groups people into eye colour. So the brown-eyed people, she treats better than the blue-eyed people. Yeah. Brown-eyed people get to go in class first. They're allowed to interrupt. They're allowed to take the priority seating. Blue-eyed people, if they try and push their way through, they're pushed at the back. They're told where to go, where to stand and all that. And it's it's basically looking at race. Yeah, race. Yeah. And um, when people start to sort of come around to it, but if people buy into it and like the way it's done like you see this one lady she's going yeah that's right you blue-eyed people think you know everything i'm a brown-eyed person i'm way smarter like they <laughs> serious bro that like they just buy into this hey. blue-eyed brown-eyed thing but um it it's done in a way that sort of shows you know and, and so so what they do is the the blue-eyed person has a sash around their neck yep and then when they get sick of it they just rip the sash off like i'm over this experiment hey. and then she goes all right this time to obviously bring it back. She goes, the difference is you can take can't that take sash off. off. <laughs> they can't take their skin off. Mm. And if you don't believe that it's what the way that it is, so just open the mind of people, then, you know, say, yeah, the, the blue eye brown eye experiment, she's a, she's an American lady, yep. but very, very good. And look, there's a number of different things. You know, there's the one on TV where they talk about the the race. And it's a an actual race for $100. Everyone stands on the line. Now they said, if you come from a home with two parents, step forward. Those that don't stay where you are. If you come from a home where you ate three square, you know what I mean. Yeah. So they put all these tests first. He says, before we say go, have a look. Is everybody here on the even starting on the same line? <laughs> it's it's simple, visual, mm. but that's exactly right. No. If someone was in a single family home, if someone, you know, uh, is from a a, a, a a dark like a black or brown colored background if um you were able to attend school if you were able to attend university all those things put you either off uh, worse off or or better off in the standing of things that's unfortunate that that's the way life works but a lot of people don't see it you know i had a lady one day as a not a school teacher she was um what do you call like reception at a school And she goes, oh, that kid's always late. Like, why can't he get here? You know, I get here on time. I said, excuse me, how do you get to school? She goes, I drive my car. I said, of course you get here on time. You're an adult. You'll be able to drive a car. What you fail to see is this kid catches two buses and two trains Mm. and has to travel from the other side of, you know, town. And I'm like, what do you mean, oh? (laughs) I said, if he gets here... You should be happy enough with that Mm. The fact that he's Making the effort To get to school You know There's so many things That can go wrong with that Mm. Train's late Buses run late Yet they blame the kid He's making the effort To get there Again Don't matter what colour The kid is Mm. He's making the effort And you as an adult Should know better Than to shit on them When they're doing The best they can You know So it's it's all those Little things that make up um, Just society in general About uh, you know if it doesn't affect me directly, then I, I don't need to be involved. Yeah. I'm not saying go out and protest and march and do all of that, but have an understanding of what's going on in your community, what happens for people, what happens for other races of people, and then do some research mm. of your own and have a look at you know, I mean, the fact that people go, oh, you know, those terrorists come in here, you know, they float them and fly them in. I've, I've worked with Syrian Iranian refugees, they sit in some other shitty country for ten years before they even allowed to get here. Mm. Then they got to take some boat that's almost leaking, and then and then we treat them like shit. Mm. I don't think any Australian would know what it'd be like to sit in another country for ten years and then try to get access to another. Hey. But because we live in our bubble, mm. that it's all good. You know what I mean? And and the propaganda and all the other stuff that's fed. You, you look at the places that they're escaping from And I mean escaping They're no. not leaving because it's fucking Disneyland who,
0: who, who wants to leave and get on a leaky boat <laughs> mm. For fucking That's
1: exactly right oh. But but I never knew any of this The fact that they've got to sit in Lebanon or Jordan or somewhere like that For ten years bro Like the, the, the least was Like a guy said he only had to wait five years Only five years mm. Fuck my kid's five years old You know what I mean Let's it, I can't imagine that lifespan of a child. That's how long you've got to wait in some shitty country to get to Australia. Yeah. Then get here. Oh, um, but they don't want to join in with our society because you've got to sign up, go and go home, mm, and get away. Fuck off. And, We're full. Yeah. <laughs> don't, don't. I'm sorry, but that doesn't send the most inviting message to join me. Mm. It's telling me we don't want you. We don't want you to be a part of it. So what they do is they separate and they go and do their own thing. They're still here, they can't go anywhere. But they'll create their own little happy society. Then we're on them again. So, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, it's one of those things. For, for me, we, if it's simple, you know what I mean? Obviously, we'd be able to solve it. And mm-hmm. it's not. But it's having empathy, having an understanding, and then sometimes just getting out of your own freaking way and having a look to see
0: oh, having a the other side. Exactly right, brother. Stop exactly have right. Have a conversation with someone and ask them their story. And that's it. That's what we're doing right here, right now.
1: Mm. That's the most important thing that I talk to all people about is your story. Sharing your story. And, and you, no one can take that from you. you know. But you have an understanding or a better understanding of where people come from through that sharing of their story, for sure. That's fucking awesome.
0: <laughs> so why don't we go through that Rudd Sansori shit?
1: <laughs> yeah Oh mate look I'm, I'm, I'm more than happy Like I said I, I was asked a lot When it mm. happened when, when Kevin Rudd said sorry For me It took balls Because nobody in his in his cabinet Wanted to do it Yeah I actually met Kevin Rudd um, A few years ago You yeah, had the two Ronnies It was the two Kevins that day Yeah Um, And he was at a Sorry Day event So you know what I mean We, we uh, met him And we got a photo with him And was able to have a bit of a listen And um he he told the story of what's happened and like to the midnight hour, brass, There are people like don't go out there, don't do it, mm. don't say it. It's it's mer- it's what do you call it? Political suicide, you know. Like, but he did it. He had the um, integrity to follow through. He said that he would. Now, it really hasn't done much. But again, I'm not a member of the song Generation, no. so I can't tell you what that feels like. Mm. The
0: yeah. the way I I see it as the the other side of it. Everyone else was just worried about the backlash. What was going to happen mm. after that? Are they going to, like you said, with the memory, ah, uh, the bloody <laughs> Marbo Marbo yeah. stuff? It was they're going to hit us with everything now. That's what that was. That's what it was all about. There yeah. was not not they didn't care about what they said about the sorry. It was there just, wasn't yeah. one
1: ounce of empathy. Mm. You know
0: what I mean? We don't want
1: sympathy. We want empathy. We Want people to understand what what you go through. Uh, there was a good. Um, interview and this is where i always go back to when i when i teach this in my cultural training and i said there was a a cricket match um after the fires in victoria and there was a bloke sitting there and he's like oh yeah and he's shedding a tear because like they finally got through it and he's having a beer and they go mate how does this make you feel what can we do and what can we whatever he said mate you pretty much can't do anything he said what we need you to do is have an understanding about what we went through, and if you can do that, you've done enough. Mm. And it, it, that's Aboriginal, and Torres Strait, Islander culture. Have an understanding of what they've gone through. Mm. Don't you know? Make up lies or don't you know? Do whatever. Just just understand what it's like to be an Aboriginal, and Torres Strait, Islander Australian, and then be happy with that. If mm. you want more information, ask somebody, do something. But it, but it just spoke volumes about. That, that one statement You know what I mean Don't, don't feel sorry for us yeah. Don't try and fix us Don't try and You know Put shit on us Just have an idea Empathise And have an understanding Of what we went through That's all we ask And I thought Fuck mate That's brilliant like, That was unbelievable
0: yeah. And an- Another story that I I, I don't know if I brought it up before But um, There's this uh, This lady She passed away up in uh, um, Near Mount Garnet Yep And um, all her She's of Aboriginal descent. And was her, her family has come from around the Gosham Station area. Okay. Just, just um, yeah, an hour, hour away by car sort of yep. thing. And um, they, in the olden days, they rounded them all up and there's a big waterfall, the Herbert Falls, I think they're called, mm-hmm. on the, um, right on the river there. And I've been to the actual spot and it's, yeah, 100, 200 metre just drop. straight drop. And there's two huge... Just, just, picturesque the most beautiful spot you can go to. Yep. It's where the survivor was made that. Oh yeah, show. yeah. I know what you're talking about. And they, they actually um told the story of how she survived. They used to they corralled all the indigenous and pushed them off the cliff. Yeah. At at that area. Mm. And she actually got pushed off the cliff or her it might have been her mother. Yep. I think her mother got pushed off the cliff, but she landed in a tree halfway down and broke Ooh. her leg, but she survived. And she, so she got to tell the story through her life of all that. And yep. I just thought, what sort of fucking human being does that shit? Yeah. right. Like?
1: And, and, you know, I mean, I, I talk about, again, a lot. Like, th- this is a, a lot of the bones of what I do. The, you know, this conversation here I have every day with people. And um, I, I always take it back to when you look at two simple words, black and white. Take away race, take away people, just look at black and white in the, in the normal dictionary. You get a Macquarie dictionary right now. White is angelic, Christian, saint, pure, innocent, and black is dark, sullen, devil, evil. You know, and I think people have bought into that. Europeans have always believed that African people were the lowest, lowest form of people because of their dark skin. When these people come from kings and queens, Mm. you know, the images we see of the pharaohs, of these white pharaohs, um, come on, man! They they come from part of the world where, it by nature they would have been black or, mm. or dark. You know the blonde-haired, blue-eyed Jesus. You know a lot of paintings when they were retouched by artists, it's not hard to go. Oh, look! Can we just lighten him up a bit? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And, and they were. There's evidence when you look at that sort of stuff. I think we we all like we all come from black. Like mm. at the end of it, we were all
0: black at the start. <coughs>
1: realistically, when you look at pigmentation color, the closer you are to the equator is the darker you will be. And this is historic, like mm. this is scientific stuff. Like say you get those Vikings and people that were further towards okay. the North Pole, they didn't need to be dark. Mm. That that light reflection, the light hair, the blue eyes help them. And this is the sort of stuff that people just don't take enough time to think about or read about. Hey. It, you know, and, and there's only one race, the human race. You know, we don't have all these other races. This human race. Mm. You cut me, my blood red, cut you. Your blood red. You know, there are all these things that that's similar, but we're we're typecast or segregated by color, what part of the world you come from, all those sorts of things. So it's 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 interesting the way that people look at it, and you know, anthropologist studies, and those sorts of people that you know, they it's like they're holier than thou, and they believe all those different things, you know, for grouping and you know, and the Aboriginal race was. Um, in a situation where they were trying to breed it out, and anthropologists believe they could do it in four generations. Mm. You know, um, people believe that Aboriginal mothers got pregnant with white children by themselves. You know, <laughs> surely it's white fathers who had families. Um, again, yeah. if it was mutual, like my great grandmother, my great grandfather, they fell in love, they got married. He was a white man, she was a, an Aboriginal woman. But a lot of the times, you'd have to think it was either out of sodomy, rape. Mm. Like, I, I couldn't imagine what it would have been like for a woman from 1788 through to, say, 1970. Yeah. Or even 1980. Yeah. Um, and not just an Aboriginal woman. Mm. Any woman. If there are women that come over in the first convicts, they coming with blokes that were hardened criminals. Some of them, others just stole a loaf of bread or, you know, couldn't pay a tax or some shit. But when all you see is, you know you've got nothing else unless they you know are sleeping with themselves or their mates no. then they, they they it would have been a tax on women you know so there's all those different things that that you look out through history that we've able to sweep under the rug or, or just avoid or not talk about but obviously these sorts of things mate like i said yeah, it gives you an opportunity to and, and it can open your eyes like i said i'm a glasses half full mm. If it was half empty then I'd be a sour person You know what I mean? So that's what I say It doesn't bother me when someone tells me That I speak well for an Aboriginal person That's what no, you do <laughs> Because I've heard it all before though But it's a chance to educate It's a chance to go Well, what, 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 What's your understanding of how an Aboriginal person could sound? Because I'd say to you What's your background? And they go, oh well, that And so well you can't be English Because you don't sound English Yeah no. And then they get offensive. I go, don't get offensive. That's just what you've said to me. So it's reverse psychology. It's showing them the floor and their the comment that they've just made. Yeah. And you know, I tell a story about um, a gentleman that I know from. He's um, Californian, and uh, we worked together. And I remember saying "American Negro" in front of him, and bro, he shot me this shot. If looks could kill, I'd be dead right now. Mm. And um, this is a few years ago. And then he's just giving me the evil, staring me down. I'm going, brah, what's your problem? And he goes, man. He said, seriously, are you born in the 1950s? And I had still had no idea what he was on about. And I'm going, brah, 79, not even close to the 50s. Almost in 1980, you know. I go, what did I say? And then he said, oh, you know what you said. And I said, what, Negro? He said, brah, you can't say it. And I said okay what's you know what i mean i didn't go straight to defense yeah. and go fuck off what i can say you know what i mean i went what is the correct terminology and i'd heard african-american all of my life and for the life of me i'd never said it and that's what he said it's african-american and i said okay cool not a worries and then he was just still shaking i said what bud I said, not to defend myself, but I could walk out of this door and say Negro to 400 people and maybe five of them would pull me up and go, dude, it's African-American, not Negro. Mm. That just goes to show the subtle racism that's in Australia. Do you know what I mean? Because nobody would have pulled me up. Mm. And then it just, the cycle continues. So I tell everybody now, whether they're old, young, whatever, hey, if we're here Negro, it's African-American, bros. It's like wog. Mm. Now I'll I'll say Wog on air here for the purpose of this, but I've taken it out of my vocabulary because if you go overseas, Wog is actually a derogatory term that's used against people from the Mediterranean. Yeah. Yeah, we've got mates out here that will call themselves Wogs every day of the week, and they're mm. proud to it's do on that. The number plates. Yeah, <laughs> they don't realise that in another country that's a derogatory term. They don't realise the how they're putting that out and perceived to the rest of the world. They don't realise that by celebrating... It's like the African-Americans with the N-word. They could do so much more if they eliminated it from their vocabulary. They'd be respected better. they are that, like, yeah, well, I took it back. You never took anything back. Mm. You're just living up to the stereotype that the, the white people gave you. Um, the fact that you say it in your comedy, and your songs and all that, if you took it out and eliminated it, nobody would say it and then nobody would care about it. Mm. You know And I look at that Conversation Even that there I don't know Whether you can ask me or not But I'll tell you The only reason Why people want to say The N word Is because they can't It's yeah. the one thing That they can't do <laughs> it's, it's like simple. a naughty kid Yeah bro and, and my question Every time to somebody Who wants to say something Or do something That they can't Why do you want to say it Is mm. my simple answer And if it's for nothing more than Well I should be allowed to say it Then grow a brain yeah. Grow up Learn something You know
0: same. Most of them get it for a rise. They want a rise.
1: Oh, that's exactly yeah. right. But again, going back to the conversation I just had, is you know, what I mean, I, I, I didn't know, and I generally didn't know. Mm. I wasn't trying to make that guy from America feel bad. Yeah,
0: I didn't know. That's my um, father. He's he, he's um, he was told that it was Western orientated ger- gentleman. What's that's that? What the wog. term Wog comes from? Yeah. But I don't know if it's true, but that's what the way he explained it to me.
1: But then if you go overseas and someone says, Oh bro, how are you feeling? No, fuck, no good, man. I got the wog. What's that? Yeah. You know what I mean? That's illness. That's mm. sick. Yeah. So again, there could be so many different ways to it. However you read it. You know what I mean? I talk about um, you know, even just the way words are pronounced or used. So you remember Looney Tunes back in the day, Yosemite Sam, Bugs Bunny's about to take something. He says, Get your cotton picking hands off my stuff. Mm. Who picked the cotton? Right. The slaves, the African American people. Basically what Yosemite Sam is saying to Bugs Bunnies, he's calling him an N-word. Yep. And who would have made that up? Not African American people. They wouldn't have said, Hey, get you can't pick your hands off my stuff. Mm. It would have been the non-indigenous people or the white people that looked after them. And instead of actually calling them a nigger or a negro, sorry, I shouldn't say that. But, but but a negro, they got get you can't pick your hands off my stuff. So mm-hmm. it's it's a subliminal, you know? Yep. Derogatory term. Yeah. So there's all those things, man. And again, it's about reading, understanding, learning,
0: and, and picking things apart. Well, it's even you know the one that the B word is pretty much like the N word, mm. and and that's just a shortening. And yeah. that's what the N word is a shortening.
1: <laughs> that's exactly right. <laughs> you can say a a brass. Shortening. Were you going to say bong?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: So for me, that's a word that's made up by an unintelligent person, so mm. it's never offended me. Abbo, man, we're Aussies. We shorten everything. Yeah, Nico, Kevo, Dolo. <laughs> No, I'm sorry, you know what I mean. Yeah, but you still should know that it's not tr- yeah. right. Coon is African American. I'm yeah. sorry if that offends
0: anybody. Actually, because growing up, I thought that was an Australian word, and Bobby. then I what? No, the, the coon, coon one. Yeah, and then and then I went to of the cheese. Yeah, <laughs> 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 and then and then I li- uh, watched. Um, Denzel Washington, and, Dunner, yeah. and, and they actually got upset, I'm not going to get coached by a coon. And I'm yeah. like, oh, it comes yeah. from That's over, exactly over right. there. And I was like, oh, I've
1: never heard that. That's uh, Forrest Gump where it goes, oh, they're letting coons in the school. Coons? Raccoons? My mama just used to chase them up the forties. <laughs> 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 yeah. But, you know, just a simple thing. But, but again, their words, you know, you know what upsets me? You walk up to me and call me a black cunt. Mm. Why do I got to be black? No. Why can't I just, you can just be, be a, a cunt? Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that's what I say to people all the time. Oh, look at this Chinese cunt over here. said, so you don't need to bring his no look right. into it. Mm. If he's can't fair enough, but don't bring that look into it. Mm. And I said to people all the time, call me boom, call me nigga, come whatever you want to call me. It doesn't affect me because none of those words I will respect or own. Mm. But you call me a black cunt, you, then we get a problem. Mm. Like I said again, why can't I just be a cunt? i got to be black cunt now? Mm. You know? So... And, and like But we joke with that mm. You know Like That word The C word I've probably said about 15 times I don't know if this gets Rated or edited But We nah. we <laughs> use that We use that like mate You Dude. know or, or, Hey what's going on What's going on You know that's how we Dude. talk to each other And big weighty pensini Another good mate of ours We play football with And he's about the only person That call, could call me that mm. But I'd call him a white. see yeah. you next Tuesday <laughs> as well But But that's between us Yeah And the worst part about it, and again, when you look at offense, somebody's offended by that word, so you have to take that on board. Mm. And they go, but we're only mates, we're just friends. I said, well, put it in this perspective. You call your mate that, he calls someone else that in the group, he calls someone else in that group. Then we get Exhibit D who comes in and goes, what's going on, counts? And then you just want to fight him because he's not a part of your group. Mm. Do you get what I mean? So it's still offensive to somebody. And in that case, it's offensive to you because, you know... Old Johnny, don't know, come lately, you yeah. know, comes in and says, Oh, they're all having a good time, call themselves out, I'll go in and say it. And then he gets the shit punched out of him because he yeah. shouldn't call me that. So it's, it's assessing and looking at your value versus yeah. whatever. I try not to say it, man, it's tough, but because we've always said it, you mm. know?
0: Oh, well, growing up the way we have. Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. I said I'm taking it
1: back. I'm like, bliss and eso. You know, they're talking about, they do that video about, you know, say, it's awesome. Sorry, man, I'll just bump that. Nah, it was me too. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Jeez, man. We're, we're a bit deep into this conversation anyway. It's, oh, it's mate, probably one of the best conversations I've had on here. <laughs> I'm just a, well, I, I didn't have to do fuck all talking.
1: Yeah. Well, like I said, mate, you talked about <laughs> keeping the flow. so there's no problem starting this. Stopping me It's the problem. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, we're out of rum Yeah, no, no, there's <laughs> no, one no, bottle there <laughs> Yeah, we've both got a bloody drive, that's the worst part Yeah, I've got a bottle <laughs> in the car too, so don't worry about it being out of rum We'll yeah. fix
1: it. We'll finish that other one very soon, I think I'll give myself enough time between drinks <laughs> <laughs> No, Will, it's been really good to have you on here, man Mate, like I said, from the first time that you asked me to come up, Bruss, and talk about it And, you know, when I was in town next, uh, it's just been... You know, to be able to share and like I said I might not have always had these views of when we were younger and those I remember going to a party at Oscar's place back it was for his young fellow's first birthday or something like that and everybody was so rapt to listen and have a conversation and ask questions and that's when you know your mates are your mates and you make an effect or you can change your group Mm. is because everybody nobody was like ah bullshit you know when they they listen and they had that The fact that you've given me the opportunity to have this conversation here. And as I say to people all the time, I talk to people every day. It's a part of my job. Now, I might tell somebody and they walk up and go, geez, that bloke's full of shit, man. But if you pick up one thing that you might find different or one thing catches your ear or one thing says, you know what? I might check that out. I might do that. I've done my job. Mm. And it's not my job to change people's opinion. It's my job to give them the truth yeah. All the information To go away and change their opinion Yeah,
0: to educate That's exactly and, right And that's probably what the main thing you, Like I'm going to take out of this Is just <laughs> educator. educate <look>. Educate yourself
1: <laughs> Yeah, for sure, bro I say it to people all the time I do my training And we talk about Western society You, you do a course And you get a ticket And then you know everything about it yeah. I say, man, I've been black all my life I still don't know it all mm. You know what I mean? I, I, I learn every day something new and um, if that's what you come here to do, then you're mistaken because you, you'll never get it. No. The second part to what I say is you need to go away and do your own study. But as a non-Indigenous person, what you need to do is not only study but verify or get verification. Mm. So it's not just a thing to go to not Wikipedia not yeah. and go, oh man, that's that's it. That's it. I'll go and tell them. Um, I have to verify every day. Mm. And I say to people, if you hear me, ...say this to you... ...and there's a community elder that says... ...oh look... ...that's not quite right... ...don't go... ...but Kevin said... ...because Kevin will fucking drop you like a hot cat... <laughs> ...Kevin puts a disclaimer at the beginning going... ...I don't know everything about Aboriginal and Torres Australia... ...and if an elder tells you... ...then listen to them... ...you know what I mean... Mm. ...I put that disclaimer at the front... ...because that's what a lot of people do... ...oh but I met this black guy... ...and he did this... ...and he knows this... And ...that black guy sits... ...on the bottom rung when it comes to community... ...I might sit up the top... ...in my role... ...inside the organisation but I'm still only a small boy in my community, you know. There's a lot of living left to do and a lot of learning. So that's my second disclaimer. And Then I just also say to people is read, you know, watch, explore, go out and meet people, you know what I mean? If you want to learn about the Indian community, don't talk about them behind their back. Mm. Go to fucking Indian Barbecue. Go to one of their festivals. Go to the, oh, no, but I don't know you know what I mean? Uh, go play some gabardee uh, with me. Yeah, sure. If I go get a curry and a fucking naan bread. <laughs> like, do something about it. Don't just sit and judge and carry on from afar. As I say to the people, go to medical centers for Aboriginal people. Go to NAIDOCs. Go to all those festivals. And that's why I've pushed to have NAIDOC as a national holiday. But I want it in Queensland first because I live in the state of Queensland. For me, it's about saying all Queenslanders deserve to have NAIDOC Day off like they do for Australia Day and all these other events. Because at the moment, that judgment there's again, oh, then Blackfell's NAIDOC Day, oh, he probably took the day off. Oh, he probably doesn't even work, so he can go. Or, you know what I mean? They mm. probably get free days to go to it. No, they plan and they prepare. They take time off like everybody else. But you name one non-Indigenous person, unless they're really connected to culture, that would take a day off to celebrate NAIDOC Day. There mm. wouldn't be many. No. Nah. But if you gave them a public holiday, they might go, okay, cool. Mm. You know, NADOC's happening to, in town today. Let's oh, go and visit it. If not, then that's all good too. Mm. Celebrate NADOC however you like. Like I celebrate Australia Day or Invasion Day or Survival Day or whatever you want to call it. Mm. I celebrate it the way that I want to celebrate it and shouldn't be chastised for that.
0: The main thing I don't like about that day is it's fucking that day, mm. that that's- date. That's it. It's there's there's bad things to it. Invasion Day and all that shit. But it's always if it's twenty six, it's fucking could be a Wednesday. So the middle of your week's fucked up. Move it to suit. And that's what I say. It should be either Monday or a Friday. Yeah, the move date it itself. To suit.
1: Do you know why they say the twenty sixth of January? Nah. So basically, that's the day that Captain Philip. Yeah, they said he landed, but they actually
0: didn't, I've heard.
1: No, no, he did. That's the day they set foot. They actually mm. lobbed in Botany Bay the night before, so the 25th of January, yeah. but never took landfall till the next day because it was dark. And obviously, it's too black and they couldn't see people or anything. Nah, yeah. yeah remember, remember that joke? <laughs> <laughs> Will you tell me this joke? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Captain Cook standing up the front of the boat. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you tell
1: it with his um, b- um yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Monica, the, what's it Captain, like, Captain? Captain Cook's coming along in the boat, and um, he puts his uh, telescope up to his eyes, up to his one eye, and um, two my Aboriginal people, just sort of one hits the other, and goes, "Look at this fun! Don't even know how to play it." <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> literally, they know it was something you look through, but um, but you know what I mean, like. That 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 historical content, that it's 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 all there for people in black and white, but but they don't realise, you know. Um, and there's some great stuff to watch, you know. The first Australians DVDs f- from SBS, fantastic. Eighty eight about the bicentennial, fantastic. Utopia, another one that's really good. If you talk about movies that have been made, you've got Australia that touches on Stolen generation. You've got Rabbit Proof Fence. Mm. It's funny that a lot of Australians didn't know about. Soul Generation, until yeah. Rabbit Proof Fence came out. Yeah. But you ask any indigenous family, they'll be able to tell you about yeah. it. Um, there's a great one called The Salute. Now, I don't know whether you've heard this, but I'll put this on because I love this man. I, I love everything about this story. Peter Norman, he was um, he ran second in the 68 Mexico Olympics. And the two gentlemen, the two African-American people were the ones that stood with The Salute. Yeah, I've seen yeah, that one. Yeah. yeah. And... Um, you know he um, he, he, in in America, on the day that he passed, they made it Peter Norman Day. The ninth of October is actually Peter Norman Day in America. Yeah. Twelve years later, Australia followed suit. So I think it was no, not even that. It might be eleven. Two thousand and eight or two thousand nine is when he passed. No, it might be less. It Might be nine because two two thousand eighteen last year was when they made it Peter Norman Day here. They say that, you know, Steve Irwin's this great whatever, humanitarian. Peter writes. Exudes human rights, humanitarian Mm. man. To stand with those men on that that diocese, wear a human human action rights badge, and then be treated the way that he was when he got back. He wasn't ever allowed to run again for this country. He qualified fastest in 1972 for the Moscow Olympics. They overlooked him, even in the 2000 Sydney Olympics. When you see Dawn Fraser, who stole a flag and then got kicked out and lost their gold medal and all these things, he was nowhere to be featured. So, their mm. American track athletic team got him, flew his wife from that old to Sydney, and he helped them. And it's like our fastest ever 200-meter sprinter was treated, you know, like, like an Aboriginal person. Yeah. And I'm not trying to say that in a bad way, but he, he couldn't do anything, you know what mm. I mean? Just because he stood on the podium, they say he should have walked off. He should not have been there. He should not have supported them. It's like, my goodness me. So... You know what I mean? Uh, That's a great one. And he touches on Stolen Generation, talks about it, you know. He was Salvation Army raised, so he never saw colour. He saw people. Mm. His parents said, you help everybody. Everybody's the same. You know? So, there there are a lot of these good documentaries and historical stories about... There's one about Captain Reg Saunders um, that'll be done very soon. Um, and he was the first Australian Aboriginal captain in the army. Yep. So, you know what I mean? Like, there's all these things. And if people look for them explore for them and find them, great writers, great authors. And yes, we're not always whinging about it if we, we voice our opinion. You know what I mean? Mm. I don't think... You might take some of what I said as whinging, but I, I it's a very educated or very well put together whinge mm. is, is how I like to look at it. Because I, I really don't care either way whether it's good, bad, whatever... You see a problem, you see there has to be a solution. Yeah. You mean? People aren't solution-focused. They're a whinge, you know, problem-focused. There's got to be a solution. But, no, nah, man, like I said, um, that probably went on a bit of a sidetrack. But thank you very much for <laughs> inviting me up. And I'd definitely love to do it again some other time.
0: Yeah talk about some other stuff we had some other issues we'd like to talk about but we'll... do another 500 years
1: no exactly right we get places to be people to see <laughs> it's a sad day off good to see you man yeah brother not a worries again thank you for the invite mate i look forward to um having a catch up very soon and uh keep your cheeks together yeah you now <laughs> <laughs>